on this, there's one question that I've heard asked many times during this discussion, and it goes something like this. All right, so we know that extramarital sexual relations are sinful, but but where is that line? What about all the things that, that people think of or categorize in their minds as more of a gray area? Where do we draw the line there between what is sinful and what isn't? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So, welcome back to our series on the Ten Commandments. Now, as you may have noticed, this episode is titled as Part 6, which means that there are, in fact, several episodes prior to this one to enjoy. So, while these episodes do certainly sort of stand alone and can be listened to independently of each other, I would definitely say that they go better together, which is exactly why these episodes are presented as a series. So, if you haven't listen to the episodes previous to this one, I would encourage you to just go back to the start of the series and listen to those episodes uh, before coming back and picking things back up with this one. Alright, so with that, I will assume that if you're still here, then you are in it for the long haul today. And as we did with the episodes prior to this in our Ten Commandments series, let's go ahead and start off today by reading the verses from Exodus chapter 20 that this topic of the Ten Commandments comes from. And that is specifically going to be Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 through 21. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, 
or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off, and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. For God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Alright, so this week, with that in mind, we are going to consider the next two commandments as sort of a, a grouping, since these are generally pretty straightforward. And I suppose you could lump uh, the, the next commandment in there as well, but we'll get to that a little more next week. So the two commandments we're going to be talking about today are, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. Now, although these seem very simple, there is still plenty for us to discuss, so let's get right into it. I think that the best way to go ahead and get things rolling here is just to take a quick look at each of these individually uh, and consider what we can learn from them before looking at them as more of a whole next week. And so first is, do not murder. Now, it is certainly tempting just to look at this and say, no killing and move on. Uh, But the verbiage here is murder. And that can become very important in some circumstances. And even though I would like to think that all of us know what this word murder means, let's go ahead and bring in a couple of definitions for that word before we get too much further, just to make sure that we are all on the same page going into this. So one definition for murder would be the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. Another definition is unlawfully and unjustifiably killing a person. And so you might be wondering, well, why is that possibly of such importance? Why does that distinction there even matter? You know, why are we looking at these definitions? And the reason for that kind of goes back to a, a question or maybe a little bit of a debate that, uh, that I've heard from time to time. And that has to do with the topic of self-defense, which is definitely a very hot, often politicized uh, sort of issue. It kind of goes into, uh, into a lot of other uh, adjacent topics, particularly in the United States. And I'm not trying to get into those today, uh, but we're going to be looking at this uh, strictly from a moral and scriptural standpoint. Because the sad reality is that some people will inevitably find themselves in situations that are life-and-death self-defense situations. You know, or, or what about a soldier thrust into the fray of battle? So, so don't misunderstand me. This isn't a discussion about uh, firearms or war or, or anything like that. Uh, this is a discussion of scripturally defined morality. So are those instances uh, included here in this commandment? you shall not murder, or are we talking about something different there? That's really the question. 
Now, while some might point to the nuance uh, that we have a little bit in the definitions of murder that we read a moment ago, uh, really looking at words like unjustifiable or premeditated to mark that distinction there, uh, as, as reasoning that supports the moral acceptability of acting in self-defense, and that's fine to a degree, uh, we do have to remember that these are man-made definitions. So what I think can help us understand uh, much better is simply asking, what does Scripture have to say? Well, one such scriptural reference on this topic comes from Exodus chapter 22, and it's going to be verses 2 and 3. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely pay. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. So, right here in this passage, or this couple of verses rather, we see that there is sort of a protection under the law for both the resident surprised by a thief at night, uh, but also for the thief himself in this passage from Exodus. And so from this, you know, one could arrive at the conclusion that self-defense is morally uh, allowable and differentiated from the murder that we are commanded against in Exodus 20, uh, particularly depending on the circumstances. But this, of course, isn't the only passage that we can look to. So others may point to passage like Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now this is a fairly well-known passage out of Matthew, uh, even in the secular sense, because we have things like the well-known phrase, turn the other cheek. But despite how it might seem at first glance, I will say that uh, in my personal study, I am a bit hesitant to say that this is uh, exactly applicable in this context. And I say that because, while it discourages retaliation, the comparison of a slap on the cheek and essentially a home invasion that we see from those verses in Exodus don't necessarily seem analogous. I mean, there is certainly a very notable gap in the severity of these two situations, uh, as well as just the nature of, of those situations, particularly looking at that passage from Exodus again, you know, we see that uh, there is a difference between even if it was nighttime or the daytime. And so, you know, it seems that those situations uh, can, can certainly be something worth considering. So with regards to this, I will say that my personal opinion is that while there does seem to be a scriptural basis for self-defense, uh, given the correct context, this should never be something that we seek out. And additionally, 
you know, if an individual feels a strong conviction against this, then I would certainly say that there's nothing wrong with acting in accordance with that conviction, because that can be a very admirable stance as well. So those are just some quick points concerning the first of these commandments, and a little bit of discussion on what I think is perhaps the greatest question surrounding this commandment, you shall not murder. Because otherwise, it does seem pretty straightforward. So next we have, do not commit adultery. Now I hope to do a full episode, or perhaps even a two-part episode, on the topic of sexual immorality in the future, because that is certainly a very heavy topic. So uh, we will try to keep this a bit more brief here today. But simply put, adultery in the context of these verses here in Exodus is referring to extramarital sexual relations. Now, that's not to say that we can boil sexual immorality as a whole simply down to this, because as many will be familiar with, Jesus opens our eyes to the far-reaching nature of this sin in Matthew 5, explaining that, Everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In fact, let's go ahead and read that passage now uh, in its entirety. Uh, it's, it's fairly short. The, the reference here is Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And I do feel like this passage comes up with some regularity in these Old Testament-centered episodes. But as we've discussed here before, the Old Testament and the New Testament really go hand-in-hand to make up the whole and complete Word of God. So it is always going to be helpful when considering and studying these passages to be bringing in those New Testament references. Uh, And the same is true for episodes that may be a little heavier on the New Testament Scripture. And so a lot of people are familiar with this commandment, but may not necessarily know why there is such a weight behind the topic of sexual immorality in the Christian faith. And really, it all comes back to the importance of marriage, because marriage is a representation of Christ and the church. It's something beautiful that God has given us. And within that marriage covenant, those relations between the husband and wife are glorifying to God. The husband and wife are one flesh, and they share that intimate connection with one another. But engaging in that outside of the marriage covenant between a husband and wife twists it, and it makes it into something that's quite different. It warps that act into something that is is simply just for personal gratification and nothing more. And there are a lot of great passages on this topic of sexual immorality. And for anyone who is looking for a few references, uh, the ones that I would point you to 
first would be Ephesians 5, 25 through 32, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 16, and Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. But one passage that really jumped out at me during my study for this episode that I want to read here was 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. When we're talking about adultery, uh, and in a more broad sense, sexual immorality, I've found this passage to be incredibly helpful in understanding why it is that this is so important. It isn't that God is punishing us or withholding something good from us by commanding us against sexual immorality. Engaging in those actions outside of marriage harms us because we take that good thing and we pervert it into something that it's not meant to be. That's a dangerous and hurtful thing, uh, even when we don't realize it. And so once again, you know, God gives us this commandment not only to glorify him through our obedience, but also for our own good and growth. And on this, there's one question that I've heard asked many times during this discussion, and it goes something like this. All right, so we know that extramarital sexual relations are sinful, but but where is that line? What about all the things that, that people think of or categorize in their minds as more of a gray area, where do we draw the line there between what is sinful and what isn't? And with regards to this question, here I would echo the advice that I've heard most regarding this uh, and some advice that I think is very wise. We ask ourselves, how close can I get to the edge of that cliff without falling over? When the best way to ensure that we don't slip and fall into the pit is to put as much distance between ourselves and that cliff as possible. In fact, you'll even note that in the verses we read a moment ago from 1 Corinthians, we're instructed to flee from sexual immorality, not to try to wrestle with it or to simply refrain from it. 
we should flee, putting as much distance between ourselves and that as possible. So that is my advice uh, regarding this particular question. I believe that this is some very well-founded advice, and hopefully it can be of some help. And I think that that is a good place to sort of leave things this week. So with that in mind, I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series looking at the Ten Commandments, specifically considering the next commandment, You Shall Not Steal, and how it goes hand in hand with the two commandments we've been discussing today. I pray that something said in this episode was a blessing or an encouragement to you. So with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. Mm -hmm.